hi and welcome to the latest edition of the Black Love Bites podcast with me, Joy Francis. And me, Patsy Isles. And in this edition, we look at online dating. So get ready. Hi, welcome back. We're here. Black Love Bites in the house. Third edition. Yay! Uh, and second edition looking at dating. And this time we're looking at online dating people. That's what we're focusing on today. You're here with Joy Francis and Patsy Isles. And um, again, we're loving the love that's coming through. Yeah, uh, thank you guys. We've had some really supportive messages. Sounds like you guys are enjoying what we're doing. So we're going to keep on doing it. And we're enjoying it too. We're not doing this under duress. So we want to spread that out, you know, make sure that's clear. Well, I don't know. My arm's you. being twisted right <laughs> up my back right now. <laughs> but um, no, seriously, we, we're really enjoying doing this. And so uh, I think we should just launch straight in, don't you okay, think? Okay, so online dating. And um, why do we feel that we had to deal with this separately? And uh, there is lots to say about this in our experience and i want to again as well as using our own individual experiences which are quite different mm. um and straddle two different decades really you know because yeah. i was an early adopter and you came much later on and you've written a book about it which we're going to refer to and talk about soon i though want to start with the wonderful benchmark that is the fantastic survey that 900 of you filled in and as we brought up uh the last in the last podcast where we looked just looked at dating mm. and one of the sort of stats that i presented to you all was the fact that only 12 percent felt that they needed to discuss um wish they were in a position to discuss dating with their parents um and that seemed to feed its way through because only 30 percent met uh, or you know their potential partners online the majority met them through going out clubbing or through their friends or social activities and then even further down in the survey uh in relation to another question about for example your cultural preferences who do you choose to go out with what was very apparent in the experiential sort of commentary was the fact that many people express suspicion of online dating so there's definitely a theme there and we need to sort of dig a bit more and yeah and find out why that is it was really surprising to me actually to find that there was this kind of i mean i, I was aware that people didn't feel comfortable around online dating but i was kind of thinking that that was something that was past and because it's become such a massive part of our lives if you think about um how many apps there are i remember when i was researching the book mm. at that time which was a couple of years ago now there was um, certainly UK-based uh, dating websites, 1,800 different types of um, online dating sites. Um, so it, it was very interesting to me to hear from our survey that actually there was still this skepticism around the idea of, of online dating. Um, and I'm, I'm not quite sure where that comes from. Well, the thing is, I think when I'm going to talk, I, I've got my sort of feeling about this and I'm, I'm going to come back please sort of get me back mm, on track because the only reason why I'm going to uh, deviate slightly is that I just wanted to point out and I'm not promoting here we're not getting paid for this but I think it's interesting to point out that the top three dating sites that were used um, at the top at the point of the survey by those who did meet you know potential dates online was match.com number one Plenty of Fish, number two, and eHarmony, e all quite close mm. together. And when you think about eHarmony, you think of older, I think, older groups. 
plenty of fish. Well, I think just a free fall, really. Yeah, and, and it's free, right? It's free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> because it's free, there are so many more people on there, right? Actually, I was interested to find that Match.com was, was the number one and mm. still has been the number one. Um, but again, I think, I mean, certainly for me, if I think about my experiences of uh, using on online dating sites, was there is this kind of feeling that if you pay, you're going to get a better quality mm-hmm. of candidate you know better quality person because you know they're they're prepared to pay money um to find love you know it's like an um, investment it's like an investment right exactly so in a way it doesn't surprise me that match.com is first but i think everyone ha- kind of dabbles a bit with plenty of fish and funnily enough i actually ended up meeting my partner on the free site on plenty of fish which was really interesting mm. and i remember well okay i <clears throat> Well, sort of want to take myself back now, reminisce uh, to when I first started uh, and engaged with online dating. And my guru for that at the time was someone who was about 12 years older than me because I was late 30s. And it's, I'm not going to name her, but someone I, I knew at the time said she's, you know, she's gone on a date. And she just kept being incredibly cagey about how she met this person. And she said it in almost in a whisper. And then it, it makes me realize how taboo it was, particularly for women of color, to be resorting to online dating and it went really really well and he and was when was this what sort of time oh frame my gosh this? so if we're talking about um so i was late 30s so we're talking about 14 years ago mm. yeah, about 14 i'd say 14 15 years ago uh and she was moved from outside of london and one thing she did point out at the time that she was meeting uh predominantly white men because she couldn't seem to find any black men on, <laughs> on it, but she wanted to date and just re-engage with that part of her femininity mm. and herself. So anyway, I, I, I sort of, I wasn't as skeptical as I thought I would have been. And I sort of sat with it for a while. And I think about a year later, and I just, I just observed her experiences with it. And then about a year later, there was one called Parships. <laughs> and I think it was German. Uh-huh. And, um, but again, so you know the whole thing. Oh, sorry, I know see because this is all recollection and it's 14 years ago the first one i engaged with was something called loopy love oh, i don't wow. even know and it, i think it pre you know it was a precursor to plenty of fish but i think just like if, if it, look i'm going back in time like any of you who used to watch blind date on tv if you notice the first series of blind date people who were on there were serious mm. you know and there was a bit of success rate and outcome after that then you started to see the wannabes coming on the show that when I engaged with with online dating, it was everyone was incredibly earnest. Most of them told the truth ninety percent of the time. I caught one person out, but we'll come back to that if we have time today. Hilarious story, even though he was stunning. But that's another thing. Anyway, but um, you know, and I still wasn't tempted. But anyway, I digress. Um, even Six though I really the was. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so um, so Loopy Love it was called, and um, that should have put me off. But actually, it was it was almost a bit Facebook like because you ended up sort of connecting with people you didn't necessarily have to go on dates with them but my plan was always when I went on these sites I was only on there for a month um, Mm. to make me focus on and sort of get myself motivated to date again Mm. in the real world in real life and I I met some amazing men on there I mean I went out on a date with a racing car driver I went out with someone who did a lot of the sort of smart graphics that you see when you watch sports on BBC, you know, when you think, it, you know, those numbers are really on the field, mm. right? And realizing, no, Joy, it's graphics. <laughs> no, it's, 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 um, but, um, and so really well, and, you f- and I found out, used it as a barometer about who I am, what I wanted in a relationship and, and a partner. Um, but I didn't date 
any men of color on that site. It was, it was, I, I would imagine the majority of men on that site were white. Um, and then the next one was, like I said, partnership. And um, it was very different, lots more grown up, people who want serious relationships, wanted to be married or coming out of marriages. And end up seeing it almost like anthropology, you know, that I uh, that um, I learned a lot about relationships and people's experiences. But what came out of it for me as someone who's never married was that actually I realized I was more informed about relationships than mm. a lot of the people and the men that I was meeting because they were with one person for 20 years or 15 years. And I had to negotiate whether or not I wanted to be that person to lead them, you know, into the land of uh, modernity when it came to relationships. Mm, interesting. Uh, yeah. Interesting. And um, actually, it's 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 very um, it's, it's quite cool that you mentioned the ho the whole idea about these people coming out of these long term relationships. And because my kind of introduction into online dating was kind of the op the opposite way round. So I'd I'd come out of uh, a marriage. I'd been with my partner for sixteen years. So I'm kind of the the kind of opposite to you. And also entered in um, the kind of world of, of online dating uh, much, much later. Um, so I would say it's probably now about six years ago, mm. maybe something like that, when of course it had completely changed in terms of the way it had exploded onto the scene. So many more people were using it. It was acceptable now to talk about the fact that you were, certainly in certain circles, there were still places where mm. people felt a bit skeptical about it but it was much more accepted and there were just many more sites now. And, and I, I started actually with eHarmony. And I, ended, I ended up on eHarmony. And I almost, I remember stopped right there when I had to fill in that really comprehensive um, form that they've got you there filling in. I think I did it over three days. It's because like psychometric was, testing, oh my wasn't God, it? Seriously, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. come on now, eHarmony. I love that though. Yeah, I to be admit, fair, to be fair, that's what I, liked about I it. Yeah. felt that it was really thorough mm. because it was like, right, you know, because you're, I'm there seriously. I'm thinking, right, I want to, I want to, I want to meet someone, you know, and that was my first thing. It was, I was used to being in a long-term relationship. I was used to being with someone for years and, and when you're like that, you do come out of that, those kinds of relationships and kind of think, oh my God, you know, the next person is potentially going to be the next 16 year relationship you have to get out of that and I did eventually and started actually just enjoying dating and ended up going on to match.com next and then on to plenty of fish so I almost started with the paid sites because again they felt safer I kind of felt like people were serious mm. um, and then I kind of graduated very quickly onto kind of like the the free site mm. because I realized you know what I need to have fun with this you know and again um, I kind of wanted to, to kind of have the experience of just dating people I liked mm. and so it wasn't about necessarily just dating black men although that was my preference I love black men I have to say that I do you are wonderful that's my interest. That's where I, that's where my heart is, um, and I think that by the time I was using uh, online dating, there were a lot more black men. Mm. And can I say not all of them were interested in me? <laughs> of course, we're going to come back to that. Yeah, as well now. but yeah, um, yeah, but definitely. there were there were many yeah. more by mm. the time that I was I was online dating. So so yeah, I think I kept migrating. So I started with um, Loopy Love just to get my head around what this was and how it worked, and then moved to Parship. Match.com saw me for a little bit of time, man. I wasn't really impressed with Match.com. Mm. So it's quite interesting, it's number one. And let's be clear, I was not a prolific online, I wasn't a serial, I suppose, yeah, serial um, online data. I was always incredibly clear that it was a tool to enable me to reactivate my dating life in real life. 
because I find that, especially the way I work, that I get so consumed and I love my life. I've got some great friends, you know, and, and it's full that actually the energy you need to have to sort of be in dating mode is different. Mm -hmm. And I always could tell when I wasn't in that space. And that's what I do. I'd go, you know, obviously the free bit, you know, they give you always give you one month um, free. So I'd be on there. I've never been on a site longer than three months. And then usually there's a gap of a year, two years between. Mm. And um, and then what I found with eHarmony, because again, like you're saying, you know, I, I'm open to dating, you know, different people um, from different backgrounds. And it's about liking them and, and be interested in them and their journey and how conscious they are. At the same time, you know, I am more drawn to men of color, particularly black men. And so what happened was that I went to eHarmony and I start met eligible black men who wanted black women. Mm. And um, and like you say, it's one of the more expensive sites, but it was worth it and I'm, I'm worth it. And so I learned a lot um, and I got some really good experience. I, di I, I didn't have a really totally bad experience at all, I must admit, in relation to that. But I got to a point I felt where I needed to step away from that and because I missed meeting people in real life, mm. that sort of instant connection, do I like them, don't I like them? Um, where that banter, um, even though, and I, you know, and I, even though I felt I gave good advice to others who went on it, you know, the next generation, um, and I think it's very important as women to be on there and have very clear rules of engagement for yourself. Mm -hmm. Do not talk to them too long on the phone before you meet them in real life, because real life chemistry is incredibly important rather than just chemistry over the phone. And do, and I was, my background is journalism. I'd researched every single one from the mm. phone call when I met them, so, and carried that through. I um, think you do have to you have, you to. have to be safe. Mm -hmm. You know, this is really important. You have to be safe and you do have to find out as much as you can. Um this this is why Catfish, you know, the MTV mm. program, this is why this program just amazes me that people will be speaking to, to people over years, fall in love, propose, they've never met the person, and then they get the catfish people involved and then they meet the person that this <laughs> Probably not even the right sex a lot of the time. Did you notice with Catfish Frog, which I, I stopped watching it now, but I used to watch it agog every time. And you notice more recent, there's loads and loads and loads of um, predominantly African-Americans now mm. who are featured on that show. And I think we've got to look at what that's about. And sometimes it's around sexuality yeah. or whatever, because there's it's something, there's a real deep sadness that underpins that, yeah, that program yeah. and what, why people feel so compelled to yeah. do that because they feel they, they're not good looking enough they're definitely enough, they're not they're not enough or they're too dark and there's one shadism that that and and you know colorism and it does come back to the, this other point that we wanted to bring up this idea about where black women mm. sit according to statistics and i say that with making the kind of quote marks you know the air quote marks um, you know about we're supposed to be bottom of the pile. I want to I want to quote come in there good timing because I want to quote OK OK Cupid's co-founder Christian Rudder who, um, based on algorithms and I've got my own uh, quote marks here because algorithms are flawed deeply inherently flawed because the people the lens through which they are created are white and male exactly. Um, and and just before I read this quote, when you ask anyone, I did this last year, it may have changed, but if you put in the uh, the term beautiful woman. You're the only three women of color, apart from and, and four, Priyanka Chopra, outs in terms of who are black, you get Beyonce, you get Halle Berry, and you get Lupita Nyong'o. And we only uh, get- That's Lupi fairly new because- that, that, Of course it, it, is, it, it is used to be very, that. No, yeah. that's, that's three out of thousands upon thousands. And it's it shows you because obviously, you know, these pictures are based on not just the algorithms, but how people refer to us. Mm. 
and how we refer to in articles and everything else because there's there's tag words and, and, and so and keywords. So it shows you how infrequently we are described as beautiful. Yeah. All right. And and also what are the contexts in which we're described as beautiful or not? So again, it's white mainstream media. So those sort of things we need to look at and check and hold those companies, those tech companies to account. And it's true actually, because both Joy and I, you know, are ex-journalists mm. and we'll, you know, we can both comfortably say that if you work for a mainstream magazine, uh, quite often it's rare that they will want to put a black woman on a cover. And we see that now because obviously we see, you know, so many people breaking through, so many people, I mean, how can you not put Michelle Obama on a cover? Of course you would, right? Mm. But in in the kind of times when I was Cole. working, right, mm. in the times when I was working in magazine publishing, that was unheard of in mainstream. It was unheard of to put black people on covers because you know why? As soon as you put a black person on a cover, you're saying this magazine is for the black community and the black community don't read, right? They don't buy magazines. So it's good to see that those things are changing, mm. but we've still got a long way to go in terms of this. this and and, that, and that's another podcast because I remember Lupita now, who is a serious power player, uh, in Hollywood and, and in, in the entertainment industry and the arts and yet and she's prolific on covers yet um, I remember last year she was on a cover she was growing her hair she pulled it back and they airbrushed it with an inch of its life so it looked like she straightened her hair and she told them to put it back so mm. that's showing you that I even remember. someone at her level and visibility what she has to face with but with that's all the preamble um, to the quote from as I said OK Cupid's co-founder Christian Rudder who discovered as part of their own study of their members let's get it right and in the right context i am you know i'm you know so basically what he discovered that black women were deemed to be the least attractive than other women of of other races and ethnicities by most male users on that particular dating site okay so you have to think about these things as also where we position ourselves and what we where we put ourselves um to meet love and there was two very recent um blog posts that I'm just going to quickly refer to mm. before we talk about um, Patsy's book, which is just a great read as well, by the way, uh, on online dating, but particularly for women 15 above. Um, a recent article, both these articles came out, I think, in February this year. One is on Flair by Samika Wilson. And I just want to point out that I think both are African-American women. So we're looking, obviously, we're really focused on the British context, but this is still useful for us. Um, under a, a, a title, the headline, it's tough being black on Tinder, but I'm not giving up. I mean, that alone, it, what, what does that say? Yeah. And then the next one by Catherine Morgan, uh, the headline is going on, you notice these headlines are not short. So <laughs> I'll show you how we need online for this. Going on, uh, going on dating apps as a black woman can feel like searching for the bare minimum. Now, these are two women who want to be in relationships. They're being brave, that's how you, only way you can put it, mm. by going on sites knowing that they're at a disadvantage. And it's almost like, you know, how much work do you then have to do to stay positive, to try and see yourself and own your attractiveness, your beauty and your desirability when that's the context for you? Mm. So much so you feel compelled to write about it and not give up. That, you know, outside of structural and institutional racism, I mean, this is something, th but then, and then saying that, what makes me laugh and what I find and show you how um, curated it is, how artificially constructed it is, that we are now seeing more women of color in interracial relationships than any other time. And yeah. if something tells me the woman ain't run up to the, the men 
the non-black men saying go out with me these men are chasing them down so something's not um it's, it's incongruent something's not computing here mm -hmm. do you see what i mean mm -hmm. that that's the message oh look you know black women are the, the lowest of the pile in terms of attractiveness and desirability yet in the real world we are mimicked copied emulated envied do you see what I mean? Yeah. Um, in, and, and that's why some, at which we see in the microaggressions um, and chosen. So that's why we need our own platforms like what we're doing here. Mm, definitely. Um, I think that one of the reasons why I decided I wanted to write about this in terms of the, the book was... Um, Do you want to say the title? Yeah, yeah. actually, the, the title of the book is Text, Talk, Date, Mate. And it's online dating success for women over 50. And it was coming from this perspective. It was kind of... And, and really from my own experience of being um, a woman who'd come out of a long-term relationship, a marriage, and then had another significant relationship and um, and then found herself in kind of a, a, a dating landscape that was so different to when I'd last been properly single. You know, I'd been, um, before meeting my, my the man who went on to become my husband at uh, 18 going on 19, uh, the dating landscape was different. I mean, so different. And from having lots of conversations with women uh, who's in this kind of uh, um, um, age range where they'd also come out of long-term relationships and found themselves in this kind of new kind of online almost um, landscape. So it was, it was really the things that I'd learned when I was kind of, I, I dated online for about two years um, two and a bit years and tried different sites like I mentioned some of them before I, I also did try tinder actually um, before it kind of turned into what it turned into uh, <laughs> yeah exactly um, so um, but but I, I kind of learned very quickly that there were things that no one really tells you you can only kind of learn when you actually experience it and it's the very things that scare a lot of women from a certain group certain age range f from you know using or really properly engaging with it i'm not saying it will stop them from using it but people like i had i've met people who went online you know and then maybe kind of had like an experience where they met one person or started talking to one person it didn't work out and then they thought well it's not going to work for me and i kind of wanted people to understand that you know there are three things you have to really be aware of with online dating or three principles you have mm. to follow really the first is honesty because as we know Back in the day when people were honest, quite often nowadays, there's a lot of people that, that lie and they lie about many, many different things. Second thing was being flexible, you know, so having an idea of who you were looking for. But, you know, as you get out and you start meeting people, um, those things change, mm. you know. So um, it's about kind of being flexible and open to that. So that was honesty, flexibility. Oh, God, I always forget the last one. What was the last one? Mm. Oh, God, I can't remember. Writing a killer profile. No. Yes. Yeah. Well, yes, That's yes. I mean, yes, definitely. I mean, I in, in the book, there is a, an, a, a section where I talk about how you write a profile. Um, and really what I found online was there were so many people that focus on what they didn't want and actually coming across as really negative as a result of that. And so in, in the book, I kind of show you how you can put one together. One of the things that a lot of people complained about when talking to them and, and their experiences was how you can write a profile that reflects what you're looking for without sounds without sounding like you're blowing your own trumpet mm. how do you get that balance so I, I there's something in the book about that as well mm. um but it was really to kind of talk about my experiences and, and obviously you know it, we have to bear in mind this is from a couple of years ago and online dating moves very 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 quickly so um there's there's probably going to be things in there that maybe if you kind of reflect on it 
are really right for, for the time then and maybe aren't so right for now. But there's still so much in there that can help you if you're kind of thinking about whether or not I, it's something I want to try out, you know. Um, and just to say, I, I, you know, it's so funny because I did it on and off for about eight years. And I've been offline for about six to about seven years. And, you know, no regrets whatsoever. And I know people who've got married, mm. they've met their husbands, um, a long time significant others um, online. And I think it's about knowing who you are, what works for you. And I think my time with that is over. I have no desire to, to go back. I feel like as a part of my life that's more or less closed. And also because I know I, I think I'm quite a gregarious but outgoing person and, and I think that I'm not scared to connect but one thing it did do I think it made me reposition myself differently in relation to men um and how I engage with them mm. and also I you know you know your value but it reinforced that and through that process but also let me know what I value in a relationship I think that we definitely need to have more just non-relational relational um romantic relationship conversations with each other mm, like mates just to sort of demystify a lot of things i think you know okay so i was in brussels for my birthday um end of last year and uh i went to a congolese restaurant and i met two young black men in their 30s one divorcee from the congo I had a great conversation with them and they've you know lived in america you know visited london a few times and you know i said i was from london and my, you know from my parents from jamaica and they both went into one about jamaican women and black women in london and how loud we are and how you know um demanding all these things so i just listened and i said where, where did where did you get that information from is that first hand or what and he sort of said his friends are friends they all come back and say these things i said but you have to check the source because I could be sitting here with a white person who's not familiar with black people hearing this now. And I, I said, that, and don't you ever feel the inclination to question that? That something less positive about a woman of color is being said and that you're owning that? Don't you find that problematic? So we had this long discussion <laughs> on my birthday with two, you know, two strangers. And that always made me alert mm. to, you know, and they're now mm. living in a predominantly white country but they didn't check it. Whereas if I, as a black woman, wherever I am, I hear someone saying anything, whoever you are about black men and black women, I always ask them their source. How do you know this? Where do you get this from? And that's what sometimes I feel sad about or what worries me is that is that same due diligence being yes. done in different spaces, in different conversations. Mm. And, you know, and how much of us are buying into the hierarchy that online dating can present? Mm. You know, are we challenging it? Because most of the voices that I hear challenging the algorithms that suggest that black women are lesser than online are black women. Yeah. I'm not seeing those narratives coming necessarily from black men. And also the stats are showing the ones, you know, they still come out here because obviously each site has to sell itself. And, you know, especially the Americans, because we still need to find out what's going on in black, you know, in, in Britain for black Britons, you know, that black men come up above us in terms of stats and desirability. Yeah. So yeah. that needs to be looked at, that needs to be addressed. And I think we need to be supported in that process. And I need, think we need to be, um, protected publicly when these things come up. I yeah. think we shouldn't have to and keep coming out of the and woodwork defended. and defended. And yes. defended, definitely. And I, I just think as well, you know, we 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 know who we are. Mm -hmm. We know we know our power. Mm -hmm. You know, and 
um, you know, aside from all of that and, and what we hear, we know our power, right, as black women. We, we know this. And one of the things that I, that came out of online dating for me was that sense of empowerment of that I yes. felt, you know, in terms of recognizing and understanding that I was the one who was choosing. You know, and it was the reinforcing of that. So even with That's without, what I was say, for yeah, me, it's re it was reinforced. Yeah, for me, with yeah. with without all of that other stuff, which we know is a construct, mm. right? We know this, and this is why we're talking about it, so that we can we can have this open conversation. But we can we can empower each other as women mm. because we understand that that is a construct. That is not truth. Mm. Yeah, that is that is someone's opinion. And also empower men. Because yeah. I think that it's like, it, it's, it's bizarre that despite all the things that you said, Patsy, about how we, you know, our strengths and the fact we can choose and everything else, it's almost like, but we carry it inside. It has to be externalized. Like we have to give each other permission and mirror each other and reinforce each other to say, you know what, you are enough. Mm. Here we go. We've, we've run out of time again. And you can see there's so much mileage in this topic. And we're going to revisit as we will with many of the other things that we discussed. But look, thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Thank you, guys. And just to say next time we're going to be talking about sex. Um, can I just quickly say um, my book is available on Amazon.co.uk. Um, so please, if you're interested, do grab a copy. Title again is Text Talk Date Mate. So thanks once again for listening to this edition of the Love Bites podcast. Where love and truth meet.